enough to get a job, not gonna rob a bank, not gonna win the lottery. Welcome back to Shots Fired. My name is Jacob Shots. It's Tuesday, February 21st, 2017, and I still don't have a real job. Hellboy 3 has been canceled, or like, pretty much confirmed to never exist, so the rest of my month is just shot. Sorry to open on that downer of a note, but it's just been running through my head all day, and I couldn't find any other place to express it completely. God! Still don't have any tweet repeats from you guys. Again, the current system is anybody who signs up in February of 2017 gets a tweet your for February of 2017. I, it, I'll figure it out. Don't worry about it. That's still in place, don't get me wrong, but there's we've got to find a better way. In fact, I'm kind of going to use that to segue into a new segment called, uh, What Do You People Want From Me? I've just been informed by my producer that that is, seems a little bit uh, combative, and that's not what I meant by it. What I mean is... Uh, what do you want to see from me? Not, you know, I can't please you people, but what honestly do you think is the strength of this podcast? Because I do a lot of stuff, but I'm losing a little bit of steam on what the show is actually supposed to be about. There's been some good response to the stuff that I do regularly, like every episode. The Magic Art Art for Today, the Twitter Good Follow, and then the Tweeter Tweets were kind of fun while they were around, but that system has to be replaced somehow. And then the stuff that I do intermittently is cool, but there's been some times where I don't know exactly what I'm going to be talking about today. And that's been making it a little bit of a strain, so I spend a lot of the days that I have to do this podcast not doing a whole lot of anything because I'm stumped by what I'm supposed to be talking about today. The diary stuff is kind of fun, but there's some weeks where I'm just sort of continuing with my life as it is. The music stuff is good. But it's not as consistent as I'd like it to be, and I think we're probably going to do a spinoff from Album Club 500. Do go check that out if you haven't already. Album Club 500 is a show that I do with my friend 27, where we talk about the Rolling Stone magazine's 500 best albums of all time. And that has been a blast. We found a lot of new stuff that we like. Very seldom have we found something that we genuinely don't like. But we always have fun stuff to say about it, and we clown on each other the entire time. So that's a lot of fun. I do have some other albums that have been recommended to me, and I thank you for that, but I haven't been able to slot them into my schedule yet, which is unfortunate. And then the stuff that sort of comes and goes, game stuff is fun. I like doing game stuff, but I have a couple of ideas on how to expand that, but they mostly depend on stuff that I've submitted elsewhere that's still being processed. Nothing against that, there's mostly stuff from Hipsters of the Coast, but they got way more submissions than they expected, and I don't want to go and publish something that I've submitted to them, because that's rude and unprofessional. But if they don't accept that, then I'll probably do that on this show or in a similar avenue to this show. But there's just sort of nebulous stuff about how this show is being made, and I do it kind of on the fly, which isn't working out so well. So I might be switching to a once-weekly version of Shots Fired, but only because I want to streamline what this show actually is, and then have time and production time to make other maybe longer form maybe not shows but that are also more focused on a specific type of thing but now more than ever i'd like to ask you to give feedback if you have any because i want to know what it is that's working about this show and what else there's nothing that's really failing to function because i haven't gotten any big complaints about it but what isn't quite doing it for you what doesn't make you show up 
so that I can figure out how exactly to improve on this to get it to be a show that everybody wants to listen to. I'd still do this stuff even if no one was listening to it, but I'd much rather make something that people are drawn to and enriches them somehow. Stuff that they'd like, you know? At any rate, I do have just some other good stuff for you today. Games are good, and this time I've got something that's not a game per se, but it is a tool used with making games. This is a tool called the Home Brewery. You can find it at homebrewery.naturalcrit.com. The Home Brewery is a supplement formatter for Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. I'm currently working on the grinding mechanical bits for the Innistrad Survival Guide that I'm doing for Talking Atlas, where we're going to have a short D&D campaign set on Innistrad. And I love the home brewery for formatting this kind of thing, because it's an editor that you can type in Markdown. And Markdown, if you've never used Markdown before, it's a really simply formatted, almost like a scripting language, but even simpler. The idea is that you use basic symbols to format your stuff, and then the Markdown editor processes it, and then it looks really pretty when you're done. Most of the time this is just with headings, but this website, The Home Brewery, has taken Markdown, and when you put in your Markdown text, it spits out perfectly formatted pages that look like a real D&D supplement. It has the fonts, it has the formatting, it has the tables, the stat blocks, everything that you'd expect a real D&D supplement to have. And all you have to do is type in plain text and maybe fill in some parameters every once in a while. It looks exactly like a wizard sourcebook, which is important because if you're handing this off to other people for them to run on their own, you want it as easily accessible as you can get it. And the new sourcebooks that have been coming out for 5th edition are really good and readable. And anything that those books have, this editor can also give you for your homebrew supplements. And you can even sort of peek behind the curtain a little bit if you know CSS or any other higher level web scripting language. You can insert some code here and there to really, really personally format your supplement. So basically you can make it look like anything that you want. But for someone who isn't as versed in that, it is a great tool to just make the stuff that you're making for your game shareable with other people. I've used it before, I'm using it again for the Innistrad Survival Guide, and it's really helpful. So, if you are a DM, or an aspiring DM, or a home brewer for 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons, I have to recommend The Home Brewery. Again, you can find that at homebrewery.naturalcrit.com. Next up, I have your magic card art for today. Your magic card art is Harbor Bandit by Jesper Singh. And I hope I pronounced that right, I probably mangled it. But I am so glad that I found this art just by stumbling upon it on Gatherer. Because it has led me to all sorts of crazy awesome discoveries about Jesper Edgesing. He is probably one of my favorite magic artists that I didn't even know about, that I didn't even think about. Let me start off with the card art itself. Harbor Bandit depicts a fellow who is on the side of a ship somewhere. He's got a ladder that's dropping down from one of the upper decks and he's looking into a porthole that is being lit up through the side of the ship. This guy looks awesome. He has this crazy flowing tattered cape that is taking up the vast majority of the left side of the image. He's got more belts and pouches on him than a Liefeld character. Really strong pose. He's got a dagger in one hand and he looks like he's ready to use it. 
And the entire image is a really simple palette. It's blues, and then the light streaming out of the window of the porthole is this gold in contrast. And that's pretty much it. There's a blank sky background on the left side. There's the ship with some really simplistic wood paneling on the right side. And the focus is on this guy's face, just a little bit off of center. And that's where the most detail is. And then as you get further out, there's less and less detail. The bottom of the ship is almost completely flats. The tattered edges of the cloak are a lot simpler and less clearly rendered. But the guy's outfit and his face are really, really detailed. And it's punched in and punched up near the center of the image. This is just some cool character art. This is some solid character piece. And I believe this is actually from a common in the set, which is wild to me. I know that the, the rares and the mythics aren't the only cards to get fancy art, but to have this level of detail in a common is really surprising. So I looked up the full art for this, and I flipped through more of Jesper Singh's work, and it's phenomenal. Every piece is really cool. He contributes to a blog called Muddy Colors, and there was an article specifically about the creation of this piece, and I'm going to link it with the card art on the, on the blog post because it is so cool. You get his two original sketches with two different poses. One of them is the pose that ended up on here. The other one is the guy hanging upside down from his ladder, which I believe is just a rope in, in that particular image. And vastly different poses, but you just get the sketch and impression versions of them. The ship is mostly the same. The rigging is mostly the same. But... They, he said that they went with the Batman pose, which I love, because as soon as he says that, I look at the image again and I go, oh my god, that's totally a Batman pose. He's totally perching on the ladder like Batman would. That's hilarious. From there you see uh, a few more mock-ups, and a couple of things to note about those. One of them is completely black and white, so you just get the shading. You just get the luminescence for everything, and that's really cool. There are two near the bottom that are different layers of color, I think. I'm not sure exactly how they're doing, or if those were just, like, tests for the color. Because one of them is super red and purple and pinkish, and the other one uses the blue and then the gold accent palette that the final drawing ended up using, the final painting. And there you can see the contrast. The pink image is, is a way higher contrast. The brights are a lot brighter, the darks are a lot darker. But then the blue mutes everything just a little bit more, and it, it gives the better effect, which is cool to see. And the last thing that's really cool about this is the art for Harbor Bandit originally had a much more ugly kind of face. Sort of a, a rat-faced guy with some fangs almost in the front of his mouth. And this got replaced in the final art by a much more straightforward, traditionally not hero kind of face, but a lot more square-jawed and, and regular guy looking face with a closed mouth. And they actually asked him to change that because they wanted the character on this particular art to be someone that the player would want to be, not someone that they wanted to be afraid of. And that's wild! That's really cool to see that part of the commissioning process for magic laid out in such explicit detail. Jesper Aisling also has his own website, it's his name, .dk, and there you can see more of the work that he's done, and I didn't realize this, but he also did a ton of artwork for 4th edition Dungeons & Dragons, at least that's what I recognized most of his stuff from. I think he's probably done some stuff for 5th edition, because he works with wizards, 
But that was where I, I really recognized him of the bigger pieces from. And he's still doing a ton of work in Magic the Gathering as well. I went back and looked up more of his cards, and there's so many in the modern era of Magic art, which I'm really thankful for, because Jesper has this really cool personal style. Some of the stuff that you get out of his work just in general. The posing is super dynamic. No one's just standing around in any of his art. They're all doing something. Whether that's fending off an attacker, stealing themselves as a part of defense, or jumping and pouncing on something. Every single shot is an action shot. The colors and palettes are also really vibrant for all of Jesper's work. And the last thing to notice is that he really makes great use of texture, especially on skin and characters. There's a lot of weathering, a lot of simple small marks that make great effect and personalize the person in the image. And I really wish we got that earlier version of Harbor Bandit because it speaks to his skill with twisting features. Go look up any of the goblins that he's done, and they don't look simple and smooth. They are rough, they are weathered, they are gnarled. Really cool humanoid designs. And the type of character that's rendered in the art is really pushed through by the texture of that character. So, like, out of nowhere, Jesper Aising has become one of my favorite magic artists, which is so wild, and I love finding these people who make such great work through this game that I love to play. So thank you for many, many things, but most especially for Harbor Bandit, Jesper Aising. That's our magic card art for today. And I'm sorry to keep it a little bit short, but this goes along with what I was saying during the opener. I'm running out of stuff to talk about, so I'm going to go right into your Twitter good follow for today. This is another sort of more political one, so I apologize if you're not really into that. But your Twitter good follow for today is at Susan Allen MN. Susan Allen is a lesbian Native American state representative for Minnesota. I say state representative because she's in the state legislature for Minnesota, not the House of Representatives. Which may or may not mean anything to you, but just in case you get any ideas about how she's representing our country, it's, it's mostly within the state. So, why am I talking about a state representative from Minnesota? Well, let me back up a little bit. Twitter has all sorts of cool stuff to find on it, obviously. I keep finding great people for you to follow on Twitter, so there's no shortage of cool stuff there. But there are a couple different ways that people use Twitter. Some people use Twitter as their own sounding board for making their own stuff. That's kind of what I do. I put the signal out whenever I make an episode, hey, there's a thing, go check it out, I made it, it's fun. Some people use it as a personal sounding board, they use it as a blog, and that's totally valid. And then there are some people who I will categorize as synthesizers. They follow a lot of people, and their primary export is retweets. Finding good stuff, sifting through the good stuff to get to the goodest stuff, and putting that in front of everybody who follows them. Susan Allen is a champ synthesizer. She's ahead of the curve on darn near everything that comes up politically. She is progressive, she's clever, and she's a good influence with all of the stuff that comes up through her feed and onto mine. It's always stuff to be thoughtful about. It gives me an idea for how I can go and talk to my representatives on any level and get work done in this day and age and in this political climate. So, yeah, not as haha fun, but she does great work, and she is clever about it. She'll add commentary sometimes, and it'll be fun. So it's not a completely dry feed. I wouldn't just give that to you as your good follow. She's worthwhile, she's smart, 
And we could honestly use more of that in our day-to-day -day lives, I think. So go follow at Susan Allen, A-L-L-E-N-M-N on Twitter, because I think that she's a good follow. And folks, that'll just about do it for us today. If you want to hear more episodes of this show, you can find them on opalnebula.com. New episodes drop Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays for now, for the conceivable future. Don't change your dials. You can also find us on iTunes and Google Play. And if you want to keep an eye on me, you can find me on Twitter. It's at Frogger, spelled P-H-R-A-W-G-E-R. -E and do give me some feedback on what you like and don't like about the show. I want to make stuff that you want to hear. Shots Fired's theme song is Aged, written by Rand Balavia and Adam English, and performed by Ukla Mak. It's off of their album Less Than Art, and I cannot thank these guys enough for letting me use their song on my show. Go check their stuff out at uklathemach.com. And once again, as always, thank you guys very much for listening, and I will see you on Thursday. <laughs>